This is Pastor Tom Holliday, and I want to welcome you to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is day one of our look at this chapter. We're going to look at verses 1 to 5 today. As we look at this chapter, it really comes in beginning back in chapter 11. We've been talking about the same thing in many ways, and that is that the Corinthians were having problems with their worship services. Back in chapter 11, we saw that they were eating before one another and taking of the Lord's Supper. They were promoting themselves instead of the Lord. Here in chapter 14, we're going to particularly see that they were speaking all at once instead of listening to what God had to say to them. 1 Corinthians 14 is a chapter that's all about being more concerned about what you have to say in worship than what God has to say to you in worship. Now, the issues they were facing, Paul's going to go through these in this chapter, were that they were trying to speak all at once with tongues, with preaching, with questions to one another. But what was really behind this issue was worship and how they worshiped together. Now, since tongues and this gift of speaking in tongues was one of the problems they were facing in Corinth, Paul has a lot to say about that gift in this chapter. What is the gift of tongues? Why is it used in some churches and not in others? Why don't we speak in tongues in our worship services? He goes through some of those questions. But really, the chapter is not about tongues. It's about worship. As we walk through this chapter, we're going to see in 1 Corinthians 14 three major principles that form the framework for how we worship. So that means it forms a framework for how we speak in tongues in worship, for how we would prophesy in worship, how we would speak to one another in worship. They tell us about how to have a worship service that glorifies God. Three principles we're going to look at throughout this week. The edification principle is the first of those three principles. How do you have the best kind of worship service you can possibly have? Principle number one is the edification principle. You see it in verses 1 to 19. We're going to look at this for a few days. To edify in the Bible means to build up. In these first verses, Paul begins to ask some questions. He actually asks four major questions concerning the ability of tongues that they were using in the worship service and sometimes prophecy in the way they were using prophecy. Does it have, he says, the ability to edify? Do they have the ability to build up? That's the question. And a lot of those questions involve a comparison that he's going to make between tongues and prophecy. First of the four questions he asks, you need to ask in worship, is who are you speaking to? In the things that you say in worship, who are you speaking to? Listen to these verses, verses 1 to 3. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So he talks about tongues and prophecy here. You have to understand what they are in order to understand what he's talking about. The use of the gift of tongues that Paul is speaking of here involves speaking in a language unknown to those who were listening, an unknown language to anybody that was hearing it. Now, if you look through the scripture, there are at least three specific ways that the gift of tongues or speaking in tongues is talked about in the New Testament. First, you have Acts chapter 2 where you have the apostles speaking in a language that they may not have known, but those listening knew. They may not have known the language of those who had come from some other region of the world, but they were able to speak in, let's say, for our picture, let's say Spanish or French, even though they didn't know those languages or Chinese. They spoke in a language that those who heard could hear it in their own language. That's one presentation of speaking in tongues. A second is here, speaking with a language that you and others do not know. Someone has to interpret it and say, this is what's being said in order for somebody to know. 
And then a third use of this idea of speaking in tongues is later in this chapter, and that's praying in a spiritual language, just you and the Lord together, and you're talking to him with your spirit in a language that you don't know. We're going to see more about this as we walk through this. Here, we're talking about speaking with a language that you and others don't know. That's this gift of tongues that Paul is talking about. And then he talks about prophesying. That's from a root word in Greek that means to cause to shine. It refers to the idea of taking the word of God and making it shine. Now, we get messed up on this word, prophecy, because we think it just means telling the future. Even in the Old Testament, the prophets didn't mostly tell the future. They just told the truth, the truth about God and who he is. And in the New Testament, the gift of prophecy is not at all about telling the future. It's primarily about focusing on telling the word of God, telling the truth about who God is so that that truth shines in people's lives. We call it preaching today. That's what the gift of prophesying is in the New Testament. And so Paul says, seek to prophesy, seek to preach. Because in the worship service, when you preach, you're speaking to those who are present to hear the word of God. And he just walks through this. He says, somebody who speaks in a tongue, they speak to God. And in essence, he's saying, that's great. It's a good thing to speak to God. But in a worship service, Paul had some concerns. Others couldn't participate, he's saying, in what you're doing as you worship. No one else understands what you're saying. So worship is becoming, when you're all together, more individual and less corporate, more about me and less about us. And as we walk through this chapter, we're going to see that one of the things Paul is pleading for is that when we come together to worship, it's about us worshiping God. Yes, God is working in me as an individual, but it's not just about me. So he says, why would you do something that's just for you in the worship service? In fact, in your spirit, you're speaking mysteries to other people. And he goes on and he says, somebody who prophesies, they're speaking to people and they can hear. And he goes through a list of what they hear. He talks about edification and exhortation and consolation. Edification, that's the building of Christian character. Exhortation, that's the encouragement of Christian action. Consolation, that's the comforting of Christian hearts. That's what happens when you preach. Your character is built. Actions are encouraged that glorify God, and your heart is comforted in him. That's what God wants to happen in a worship service as we're together. And so Paul says, this is what I do in worship because it's about us together. He asks, who are you talking to? Make sure that you're talking to somebody to make sure you're building them up. And that gets to a second question that he asks in verse 4 and 5, and that is, who is being built up? Verse 4 and 5, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Paul walks through this and he says, who is being built up? He says the one who speaks in a tongue is building himself up. Now, I'm not saying that in a prideful way. I'm saying that in a spiritual way. He is helping himself to grow by connecting with God in the use of that gift. Is there anything wrong with building yourself up in that sense, with edifying yourself, with building your faith? No, absolutely not. But Paul is saying here that public worship is not the place to edify yourself alone. Sunday worship, for instance, is not the time for you to sit down and do your personal Bible study. Get out all your books, take two or three chairs around you, totally ignore everything else that's going on. It's just me and God. I'm doing a study on a chapter that the pastor's not talking about, and I don't have time to sing because I'm here. It's just me and God. No, you're with other people. Because you're with other people, you participate together in worship. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, Paul says, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Paul continues to emphasize this need in public worship to be interested in building up other people. And what he's saying here is we have to be careful about any attitude or form of worship 
that's only about me getting a blessing from God. When I begin to grow as a believer, part of maturing as a believer is realizing I must also be concerned about God giving a blessing to the others that are there. Worship that's just about me is not New Testament worship. Worship is about us when we come together, connecting with God. That's what worship's gonna be about in all eternity. We together are gonna glorify God around his throne, singing together, glorifying him together. And worship on earth is to be a picture of that that's gonna be in all eternity. So when you worship, the question is, is it just about you or is it about us? When we started this look at 1 Corinthians in January, we had no idea what we'd be facing just a few months later with the COVID-19 crisis. It is amazing to me how God's word fits every circumstance. Last week, we looked at love, and we need love right now like never before. And this week, we're looking at worship. This during a time when churches around the world are not gathering in buildings. Maybe for the first time all over the world in the entire history of the church, but instead are meeting in families from their homes. We need to know right now what God says about worship because we need worship right now. We need right now, like never before, this truth that worship is not just about me. It is about us. Make sure during this time that you find ways to worship with us, to be aware that we're worshiping all together with believers all over the world, all the believers in your church together, even though you're in separate places, and all the believers all over the world together, even though we're in separate places. Let's take a moment to pray together about that. And that's our prayer, Lord. We pray that during this time, when we seem to be separated by your Spirit's power, we would sense that we're together. We are listening to your word together. We are praying together. We are singing together. We are lifting our hearts towards you together. Help us to recognize it's not about me. It is about us, all of us together, billions of believers looking to you as our God and Father. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna to continue to look together at the power of this edification principle, the power of us building up one another in experiences of worship. <laughs>